0: Amen. Thank you, Sandy. I want you to see how amazing God is by turning in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter 11. It's absolutely amazing what God can do with, for, and through people who surrender themselves entirely And in this chapter, we see men and women who did exactly that, and we see how God used them mightily. And over and over again, we see that phrase, by faith. Notice beginning in verse number 23, by faith Moses, when he was born was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season." esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, and he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, and he endured as seeing him who is invisible. In this section we see several key words that Many years ago, I underlined in my Bible, if you look in verse number 24, notice the word refuse. That is so important. The outcome of your life is going to depend a great deal upon the things that you refuse. Verse 25, notice the word choosing. The choices that we make determine our destiny. Choosing, verse 26, esteeming, that is what you attach value to. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches. Then notice the word respect. Verse 27, he forsook. And in verse 27, our text this morning, two words, he endured. He endured. The word endured comes from a Greek word that has two senses. In the first, it has to do with being strong. In the second, it means to endure as to be steadfast. So the meaning is to be strong and steadfast. That is to continue in a state without wavering. And notice How Moses did this, it tells us in verse 24 that this was by faith. I love what a preacher by the name of Warren Wiersbe said many years ago. He said, the endurance of Moses was not a natural gift, for by nature he was hesitant and retiring. This endurance and courage came as the reward of his faith. You see, so many times we attribute to the men and women of biblical days their greatness based on what talent and ability they had or the opportunities that that came their way. And so many times we leave out the most important element, and that is the matter of faith, their willingness to simply trust God. Moses, it says, Now, I want you to see three things here this morning. First of all, who we're talking about, naturally, that's Moses. Have you ever noticed that those deserving of the greatest applause generally get the least? For example, we cheer the athlete, we applaud the entertainer, we honor the rich and the famous, without ever taking time to recognize the true heroes. I'm talking about soldiers. I'm talking about our cops. I'm talking about single mothers who struggle to raise their children. I'm talking about hard working fathers. I'm talking about cancer survivors. I'm talking about special needs people that have it so difficult and are so sorely mistreated many times. I'm talking about those people that, that in our mind are, you know, maybe down and out that get never get the attention that they deserved. And all of this goes to show that, for the most part, we have a warped sense of value. Isn't it amazing that we can get so excited over a a baseball game or a football game or whatever it might be? Somebody said, you know, we. Uh, whenever we go to the, the ball game, we shout, shout like Comanches, and then we come to church and we sit like wooden Indians. We're, for some reason, just afraid to express ourselves. And it shouldn't be that way. It wasn't that way with Moses. Here was a man that had devoted himself entirely to the task of helping other people. He is helping the very people that murmured and complained, the very people that made life so exceedingly difficult for him. And it wasn't until after he was dead and gone that he received the honor that he deserved. And that happens over and over again. God brings into our life, you know, people that, that contribute to our lives in special ways, And they never gain any applause, they never receive any reward, they never get any real attention until after they're gone and we realize all of a sudden just how much they really meant to us. Kind of like the old saying about dead people not being able to smell any roses. If we're going to give roses, we need to do it while people are living because when they're gone, it's too late. These people began to to you know attach greatness to Moses after he was dead and gone, but while he was here, and keep this in mind, here was a man that served them with unreserved dedication, a man that had given up absolutely everything, esteeming the the, the, the riches of, of Egypt, as though they were were, were nothing, and esteemed the reproach of Christ as something far greater than that. And he did it all for those people, and yet those very people made life so exceedingly difficult for him. So that's who we're talking about. And by the way, that story could be replayed over and over again throughout society in every generation, people that although... In God's sight, our great people never get the attention from others that they deserved. Now, that's who we're talking about. But I want you to notice the what. He, that is Moses, he endured. Now, think about it. He was a man that had accomplished great things while he was here upon the earth. Here's a man that even worked miracles. You know, had you and I known Moses, had we been eyewitnesses to those events... And had somebody said, I want you to write something about him, tell his story, no doubt we would have made reference to those miracles. No doubt we would have made references to those other things that he did. For example, even whenever he knew that he was not going to be able to personally enter into the promised land, he continued to lead those people, although they murmured and complained. And it's what you do whenever there is seemingly no personal reward for it that reveals the true nature of your character. In other words, even when it appeared that he was not going to get anything out of it, he stayed faithful to his responsibility as the leader of those people. And so, were we writing the story? We would probably refer to all of those things. But when God writes the story, notice that He mentions His endurance. No mention of miracles. No mention of great accomplishments, but His endurance. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but sometimes the greatest thing that you can do is just survive. And that's not always easy, is it? Because there are times whenever just making it through a difficult day is a great accomplishment. There are times whenever just being able to keep going is more important than spending the day reading the Bible or doing good deeds and exhausting ourselves in Christian service and I say that because survival is crucial it's important because basically everything depends upon it you have to survive the moment to be able to to you know to do what God wants you to do in the future you've got to get through the day you've got to get over the hump you've got to endure your situation and to do that sometimes we've got to stop trying to accomplish things. Now, I know that might sound contrary to every motivational speaker that you've ever heard, but I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm a preacher, and I'm telling you there are times the best thing we can do, as Jesus told the disciples, is to come apart into a desert place and rest. One of the best pieces of furniture that you'll ever buy is a porch swing. And spend some time on it. It will do more for you than all of the self-help books that you've ever read. Why is it that we think we always have to be accomplishing something, that we always have to be doing something, and the fact of the matter is if we're going to endure the difficulties that come our way, there are times in order to get through it, we have to stop what we're doing and realize that what we are, that is, What you are, your being is more important than your doing. And I say that because what you do in life is determined by who you are. And it's not a small thing for us to resist temptation. It's not a small thing to endure hard trials. It's not a small thing to forgive our enemies. It's not a small thing to overcome our challenges. And every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. And sometimes it can be so tough that the greatest, best, most noble, helpful thing that we can do is to stop doing what we are and to focus all of our time and our energy on getting ourselves in the condition that God can use us. When it says Moses endured, I want you to think about that as a major accomplishment. And I emphasize that because a lot of people don't. This is a major accomplishment and God is pointing this out. He endured. You look around this morning, and those of you that have been in this church or any church for any length of time, you can think of people that did not endure. You can think of people that started out with great fervor, and I mean, they were excited and they were thrilled and they were even vocal about their intentions to serve God, and yet they did not endure. Something tripped them up. Something diverted their attention. Something turned them aside. Something caused them to make shipwreck out of their life, and it ended up in disaster. It's not a small thing when you endure hard trials. I love what an old writer, the name of James Hastings, said. Uh, I'm just guessing, maybe a hundred years ago or or more. I'm not that familiar with him, but he made a statement in regards to Moses, and I want to make sure I get it right. And I'm going to read exactly what he wrote. He said, "The choice of Moses was a moral duty." Often weakened by his own natural timidity and praying God to relieve him and send a stronger man to the task, he yet endured. Tempted by wealth and by position, he yet resisted and endured. Threatened by royal power, banished from royal presence, a fugitive from royal wrath, he endured." Tried by the clamor of the men and by the solitude of the wilderness for forty years, he yet endured, bowed down by the cowardice and ingratitude of those for whom he made the sacrifice. He yet rose again and, and again resolved, determined, and endured until he led his people to the threshold of assured liberty and saw the promised land of his dreams and of his choice so much Can a man in earnest do? Now listen carefully to what he says next. Next in power to the Spirit of God is the Spirit of a sincere, determined, enduring man. Endurance then has more of stress in it, more value, more of character in it than any word in our language. Endurance is the crowning virtue of character. Now, whether you agree wholeheartedly with what Hastings said about endurance or not, you can see that he attached a high value to endurance. And I believe God does. Because whatever else might be said about us, if we don't endure, it's all going to be in vain. Make no mistake about it. Although a man never gets a college degree, although a person never gains great riches, although a person never has great talent or rises to fame, if he endures, he has done something great. He's done something that most people do, because most folks are not faithful unto the end. Somewhere along the line, they fall out. And if you're here today and you think, you know, I realize that it happened to others, but it's not going to happen to me. I love God so much. I love my church so much. I love my family so much. I would never be unfaithful to the Lord. I'd never become a casualty. I'd never drop out. Don't be too sure. In fact, if that's what you're thinking this morning, you're a good candidate to become a dropout. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. We need to understand that this can happen to any of us. And those that endure are to be commended for their accomplishment. Moses endured. Now, that brings us to the third word that I want to emphasize, and that's the word why. And by that, I mean I mean, not the intention of it, but the the how behind it. How is it that he endured? It seemed like everything was against him. Even his own people despised him, complained about him, made life as difficult as possible for him, and yet he endured. You know, the older I get, the more I narrow my focus you know that, that happens naturally whenever you when you know you get older and physically you, you you narrow down the things you do I can remember whenever on Monday nights I'd get together with all of our teen uh, teen boys and we'd play basketball uh, and I enjoyed that but a back surgery took care of that I remember whenever I spent a lot of time fishing i I fish at least part of at least two days a week for a long time and 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 loved it, but all of a sudden, you know Bursitis kind of took care of that, and uh, i love to I love to go to gun shows and do things like that, but you know after a while you, 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 <laughs> your old body doesn't want to walk as long and as far you know as it did before, and so you start limiting your activities. It happens to all of us. Well, everybody but Bev, she just, uh, she's the one that ought to be sitting in the recliner. And if you, you know, if you to find her on work day, which is about every day, she might be scooting around in the floor, mopping the floor. I, 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 some way her and her mom thought that's the only way you can mop a floor is to get down and scoot around in the floor and mop it. But, uh, but. <laughs> But even she is limited to some extent. What I'm saying is, as we get older, we begin to eliminate certain activities. But there are other things as well. More and more, I find myself referring to certain verses and repeating certain phrases. And as my time on earth gets shorter, the more and more... I begin to think about Scriptures like 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and Hebrews 12 in those first three verses, and and I I think more about those more often. Whenever I was a young preacher, I thought, you know, I I had to get around to everything. I can remember spending so much time teaching through the tabernacle about all of the different pieces of furniture in the tabernacle. And by the way, there's not anything wrong with that. And, and and I can think about, you know, teaching long series on prophecy. But the older I get and the less time I know I have, the more I start narrowing down what I think about and what I do. Let me try to explain that because I think this is the key to us enduring. In fact, I know it is. I've often said, For the Christian, victorious living depends on us understanding who we are and what we have as a result of the person and work of Jesus Christ. You've got to understand that. You've got to live in the light of that fact. Who you are and what you have as a result of the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that being the case then it is absolutely essential that we do what, what Moses did. What does it say? It says, notice, seeing Him who is invisible. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2, notice it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Verse number 3 of chapter number 12 says, consider Him. You see, that's exactly what, what he's telling us about here in verse number 27. He endured as seeing Him who is invisible. Now, the great thing about this is because God never changes and God never ceases to be, because God never dies, we can do what He did. We can see the One who is invisible. We can see what Moses saw. And it affects us the same way that it affected Moses. It gives us help and it gives us hope because regardless of how bad things appear, regardless of how difficult things are, we can endure if we do as Moses did. And so I want you to consider what he did and what it did for him. Notice what he saw. He saw him who is invisible. I wish I had the time to give that all of the attention it deserves because we can talk for, for an hour about that one short phrase. And if I had the time, I would talk about what he had to look away from. You, you see, look, if you're going to see the stars, you can't be looking down at the, at the ground at your feet. If your focus is down here on the ground, you're not going to be able to see the stars over your head. And so in order for us to be seeing Him who is invisible, looking to Jesus, considering Jesus, in order for us to do that, there's some things that we have to turn away from. And that's exactly what we see in the story of Moses. 1 John chapter number 2 verse 16 tells us there are three things, three avenues by which temptation comes to us. John mentions the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. By the way, we see those same three areas of temptation in the story of Eve. If you go back and read that story and see how Satan presented the sin to her, it involved those same three areas. Whenever you study the temptation of Jesus Christ, and Satan comes to Him. And again, you see those temptations coming in those same three areas, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And now we see the same thing in the story of Moses, the lust of the flesh, that's what I want to do. The lust of the eyes, that's what I want to have. The pride of life, that's what I want to be. And think about what he refused. It's all laid out for us. Notice in verse 24, he refused honor. That is the pride of being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Can you imagine the position that he had? My grandpa is the king. My grandpa is the ruler. I, and you know, I'm able to do whatever I want to do and get by with it. I'm able to have whatever I want to have and get by with it. The prestige and the honor, people will be bowing down before you. The crowd would be parting to make way for you. And he refused the honor that comes from being the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he looked away from honor. But notice verse 25, notice here that he refused pleasures. The pleasures of sin. That's the lust of the flesh. And he refused those pleasures of sin. Verse 26, notice he refused treasures. The treasures of Egypt. That's the lust of the eyes. So he refused honor and pleasures and treasures. And being focused on God, he turns away from all of these things, any one of which could have destroyed him. The point is this, faith was the formative force in his life. That is the same thing that shaped him, the thing that molded him, the thing that made him the person that he was, faith. It was through the eye of faith that he could see the One who is invisible, and that meant the difference between victory and defeat. Now remember, Moses had met God face-to-face, in a manner of speaking. In other words, he saw God in a way that you and I have never seen God. He encountered God at the burning bush. He encountered God there upon Mount Sinai. He had an experience that you and I have absolutely never had. But although he had seen God face-to-face, that's not what he's talking about here. He's not talking about some kind of miraculous manifestation of God. He's not saying that God gave him a vision and that was what it was all about. He's talking about living by faith. And if you go back to the beginning of this chapter, you see that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of what? Things not seen. Is it making sense? Is it clicking? He endured by seeing Him who is invisible. How did He do that? Well, it says by faith. And faith is the substance of things so for; It's the evidence of things not seen. So what He did, we're able to do because God has commanded every one of us to live by faith. Living by faith. Looking to Jesus. Considering Christ. When we do that, It takes the pleasure out of sin. There are indeed pleasures in sin, but when I've got my focus on Christ, I can't enjoy the sin in which I've been indulging. It takes the pleasure out of sin, the strength out of temptation. It takes the doubt out of our fear. It takes the sorrow out of our suffering. It takes fear out of death. I'll never forget old Brother Roloff singing that song, Living by Faith in Jesus Above, Trusting and Confiding in His Great Love. Whenever I think about this matter of faith, I think about Moses and what he was able to do and what God did through him simply because of the fact that he was living by faith. That listen. That's what God wants for every one of us. A couple of months ago, I I preached a message right here entitled "Looking unto Jesus again." Looking unto Jesus again. And it's so important because we are so prone to take our eyes off of the Lord. We're like Peter. When he's walking on the water, you remember, and all of a sudden he began to look down at his feet, and he's looking at the waves around him, and he takes his eyes off of Jesus, and he began to sink. And as a pastor, there are so many times I, I have to sit back and watch people literally sinking. And I know if something doesn't happen... I know that if they don't recover, if they don't regain their focus, if they don't get their attention back on Christ, they're going to be sucked down to a watery grave of failure in their life. Living by faith, that's the key to everything for us. It commences, it commences with us trusting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can't possibly live a life of faith. First of all, you've got to come to Him as your Lord and your Savior. That's where it commences. But it continues with us looking unto Jesus, keeping our focus on Him continually. And then the glorious part is the the consummation of all of it when it's said and done, and we enter into our inheritance as a joiner with Jesus Christ. And we see Him face to face. Amen. I see Him as He really is. Living a life such as Moses is not trying harder. It's not trying to do better so as to appease God's wrath and gain His favor. Everything that God prepares, everything that Christ provided, everything that the Bible promises is received by simple childlike faith. Not, it's not trying, it's trusting having a relationship with Him instead of trying to do something for Him. It's just resting in His love and trusting His promises. And we can do that because why? Well, the Bible says God cannot lie. The result of trusting Christ is eternal life and becoming a joint heir with Jesus Christ But that doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. It simply assures us that the reward is going to be great, and whatever we're going through, God will provide a way to get us through it. There are things that we didn't expect, right? We've all had that happen. Everything will seem to be going fine, and then all of a sudden, out of the blue. Something that we did not expect. And it happened. Something that we cannot escape, regardless of how hard we try. There's no way out of this. We find ourselves in it, and we can't get out of it. And we dread to just embrace it. And we can't even enjoy it. And it all boils down to the fact that we just have to endure it. When the Lord was talking to his disciples about his will for their life, and remember he is about to ascend back into heaven. And he gives them an assignment to do. And he said, In this world ye shall have tribulation. You know, you might think to yourself, Boy, I'm a child of God now, all of my sins have been forgiven. I'm going I'm going to heaven when I die. And since I'm a child of God, God's just going to make it really easy for me. It's going to be smooth sailing. And Jesus wanted them to understand that it wasn't going to be that way. He said, the world hated me. They're going to hate you. You're going to be persecuted. You'll be hated. You'll be despised. You'll even be put to death. Now think about it. These are the people that He loves more than absolutely anything. These are the people that He died for. And yet He, for some reason, is willing to subject them to those great hardships. When it's in His power to deliver them from it, He leaves them in it. And in His high priestly prayer in John 17, He said to the Father, Father, I pray not that you take them out of this world. In other words, get them out of this mess. Relieve them of the pressure. Spare them from the pain. I don't pray that you take them out of the world. I just pray that you give them the strength and what they need while they're here and sustain them throughout their trials. The reason He subjects His people to such great suffering is manifold. For one thing, for one thing, it does something for us that can't be accomplished in any other way. He's training us for reigning. Because as the children of God, someday we're going to rule and reign with Him. And God's going, I know you don't understand it and I don't either, But in some way, He's going to use all of these what we call bad experiences. He's going to use all of that to get us ready for service during the millennial reign of Christ. He's preparing us for that ministry. But in addition to what it does for us, it's the fact that He leaves us here that we might be ambassadors for Christ that we might be used as instruments in God's hand to bring other people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Did God love Moses? Absolutely. Did Moses trust God? Absolutely. Why in the world didn't God make it easier for Moses? because God wanted to deliver them from Egyptian bondage, and God wanted to bring them into the inheritance of the promised land. And He uses Moses to get them out and to bring them in. But it all depended upon this man enduring to the end. I don't know all of the different ways in which God might want to use you, I don't know exactly what God has planned for you, but I do know this, if you're going to become the person God wants you to be and accomplish what God wants to accomplish in your life, then you'll have to endure regardless of what the situation is. If you want to receive a full reward for your faithfulness, you've got to endure the hardships. You know, whenever I think about the Apostle Paul and what he went through, and it's so amazing that he literally said that he rejoiced in all of his affliction. You know why, why he could do that? Because he understood. He understood how God was going to use those bad things for a good purpose. Whenever we really come to understand it, We'll no longer get bitter because of our burdens, but we'll get better because we realize, as Paul said, all things work together for good. To those who love the Lord or the called according to His purpose, I don't know any better way to end than to say, look to Jesus If you're here and you've never been saved, you need to look to Him for salvation. If you're already a child of God, you need to keep your focus on Him every hour of every day, looking unto Jesus. And if you do that, you'll be able to endure whatever the devil throws your way. Whatever hardships you encounter, God will get you through those things. If you keep your focus on Him... So many times, you know, we let what somebody else does discourage us from being used of God. Don't do that. Get your focus off of people and on the Lord. Amen? And we'll be able to say of you someday, just as it was said of Moses, He he endured. I hope that will be true of each and every one of us. Let's stand together. Father, we pray this morning that You'll use this story of Moses and, and not only the story about what he did, but the story about how You used him. And through the great difficulties of his life, how that You delivered him. And in spite of his feelings about his weakness and his inabilities, that You enabled him And Lord, today there might be someone here that's going through hard trials, difficult situations, and they just feel so overwhelmed. They just feel like they're never going to get through this. It'll be the death of them. They feel like that, you know, that they're almost through. And I pray today they'll get their focus back on you and be encouraged and realize that in you there's always hope and help. And then, Lord, for that man or woman or some boy or girl here today that's never been saved, I pray they'll look to Jesus, that they'll quit depending upon what they try to do, and they'll just, like a simple child, just put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, believing that He'll save them. He's already paid the price. Help them to claim the benefits for we pray in his dear name amen